I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 21. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today. Sabina is a mortgage broker with Ziva Mortgage. She's been a broker since 2004 and is based out of West Van, BC. Last year, she funded about $43 million in mortgages and is a real firecracker. I'm absolutely stoked to have her on the show today. How are you doing today, Sabina? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me on the show. So I always like to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your business. Well, before I start, I just want to say I appreciate being here. Um, I've been listening to your podcasts, and they're fantastic, and I'm really honored to be a guest. Well, awesome. Um, Thank so, you. Talking about my business, um, I've been in the business for a little over 20 years. 13 of those have been as a broker. I live in North Vancouver, in, and my office is located on the beach in beautiful West Vancouver. My husband and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary, and this year, and, and we have two daughters. Uh, Anushka is 10, and Kavika is 8. And I've recently discovered my love for and passion for cooking. Uh, my daughters both have celiac disease, and I love finding ways to take regular recipes and make them gluten-free and healthy so they don't feel like they're missing out on anything. Cool. Have you checked out the Dirty Apron in downtown Vancouver as cooking school? No, I haven't yet. Have you heard about it? I have heard about it. It's uh, Sorry, it's a, a bit of a rabbit trail, but it's totally, if you're in that area, we, my wife and I went there a few months ago, and she said it was the best date in 16 years. She absolutely loved it. So if you like cooking... You got to check it out. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. My 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 concern was always, you know, do they provide gluten free options and stuff like that? But I suppose I can always check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. So sorry, I didn't mean to. I, you just popped it popped into my head as soon as you said the cooking thing. So absolutely. How did you get into the mortgage business? Like, what what was your path? Everybody has a path here. It's not like you come out of college and say, I want to be a mortgage broker. So I how, definitely what, what? didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I've been in the business since I graduated from university in '93 with a commerce degree. So I started my career in Regina, Saskatchewan. We moved out to Vancouver in 99 and uh, I worked for lenders so I worked in the finance field with Abco Financial Services and then uh, was recruited as an underwriter for a subprime lender in Vancouver and uh, I saw I, I started dealing with mortgage brokers on the underwriting side and I realized that that might be something that was good for me. I was stoked about it. I was I was interested in, in just having something that gave me control over my future and my career instead of having uh, managers tell me when I could take my vacation, what I could do, when I could take my breaks, all that stuff. I wanted to be more in control of my life. Um, but you know you know how sometimes you ask people in your interviews if they were starting in a new town and had no database and they know no one? Mm-hmm. Well, that was me. Um, because when I started as a mortgage specialist at Royal Bank in 2001, I didn't know anybody in Vancouver because we'd only been in Vancouver for two years. So I learned very early how to make money at it, uh, that I had to source my business externally and not through the branches because RBC paid more on this business we sourced ourselves. So I started networking. I started getting out there. Cold calling was like my middle name, Sabina Cold Call Bubber. That's awesome. Um, doing a ton of networking groups and just connecting with people. And uh, by 2003, so two years after I started, I was one of the top five mortgage specialists at RBC. And that was that was also the same year that my, my first daughter was born. Wow. So and I did all of that while I was pregnant and nauseous. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, I became a broker shortly after she turned one. And then when after she turned two, I had my second daughter. And in 2007, so a year after when my my second daughter was a year old, um, I started my own brokerage. And again, it came down to just having more control. And uh, in the fall of last year, I decided that I didn't need to have that control anymore and uh, merged 
merged my company with three other Verico firms to create Viva Mortgage, putting numerous top brokers under one roof and creating a business that's basically really efficient, way more efficient than I was as a small company and giving us more leverage uh, with lenders and able to provide better service to our clients. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I've checked out your guys online and I, I think it's pretty unique what you're doing and, and um, if anybody's in the business, they should you know go check out what you're doing. I think it's cool stuff. So yeah, Feel free to call me. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to come back. There's something you said about the cold calling queen. And if you don't talk about that, I will come back to it later. But before we do, I always like to start everything off with a success quote. So that's impacted your life or business. I love quotes. I love how they distill, you know, something big into something you can carry with you. And so do you have a quote that you've used in your business or life that's really impacted you? There's a couple thing, couple quotes that I've used. And a big one is like, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. So if the, is the glass half full, the glass half empty... Your attitude in life determines your altitude in life. That's another one that's really important. So attitude and positive attitude is really, really important to me. So the, the first one you said about the 10, life is 10% what happens and 90% what you do with it. So can you give me an example of something that maybe happened in the last recently or last little while that maybe didn't, it wasn't as awesome as you were hoping and then what sort of how that attitude helped you turn it around? Um, we could talk about my recent vacation to Europe where my luggage didn't come <laughs> at all. So I could have let that completely derail me. No makeup, no underwear, no clothes, no nothing. And I'm in a village uh, in Croatia where I can't get what I need. And uh, it was a trip that we had planned for a couple years and just turning it around and saying, I'm not going to let this ruin me. I'm going to enjoy this vacation. That was a huge thing for me. And um, even even when it comes to things uh, in my business, uh, you know, it's the day of subject removal. Uh, clients are freaking out because things aren't, aren't necessarily signed off and there's a little glitch and we're waiting for approval. I don't lose my cool. I stay positive. I stay engaged. And often when people are tense, having that person on the other line that's calm, cool, collected and remaining positive and happy really helps to disengage a lot of that frustration that people might feel with the process. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. And so what, okay, but did you lost all your luggage. Did you, did it ever show up or was it just, go, is it just gone? I literally got it when I landed in Seattle uh, on my way home. That's awesome. So did you go on at least some shopping spree in Croatia? I'm not sure where you shop in Croatia, but... <laughs> Can we say that the shopping in Croatia leaves a lot to be desired? Not to mention that the village that I shopped in, nobody spoke English, so I couldn't determine sizing or anything like that. And um, I'm pretty much going to donate all the clothes that I purchased on my trip. (laughs) That's awesome. So I, another area that I like to talk about is failure. I know that I've been a business owner and a mortgage broker and uh, that there's things that have not worked out the way I like or that I wanted or I had planned. But looking back, there's always a lesson. And so can you give us an example of something that maybe in your business life that didn't work out the way you'd hoped, but now that you look back on it, there's a lesson that you've taken with you from kind of going forward? You know, it's, I find this question interesting because I I don't really want to admit that I failed at something. Um, it's hard to admit that I failed at something, but I'd be lying to say that I haven't had failures. So the one thing that comes to mind is my desire for growing my business. I got to a certain level a number of years back and I was constantly trying to grow my numbers. I wanted to double my volume and I knew that I needed help to do it. So I engaged a coach and um, I, you know, I was doing everything I could. 
I hired extra staff to help me, licensed brokers, an extra underwriter, a salesperson. But what I failed at was thinking that someone else could handle my business and create relationships with my clients the same way I do. Um, People didn't want to talk to a salesperson or an underwriter when they had been referred to me. They wanted to talk to me. So I think what was happening was I was losing clients and referrals and some referral sources too along the way. And uh, because I wasn't giving them 110% of myself and, you know, at the same time I was out there pounding the pavement trying to bring in new business. When the business I had, uh, my my funding ratios weren't so good. My my pull through on my pre-approvals wasn't so good because I wasn't babysitting them the way that I I myself usually would. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't giving my clients 110% of myself and uh, and that kind of thing. So now that I'm more engaged in doing that, I'm giving 110% of myself to my clients and my business is growing organically and I'm, I'm gaining referral sources from people that are hearing about how how you know they had their clients had such a good uh, experience with me and that kind of thing and so now instead of chasing uh, realtors I realize that I have a database full of uh, referral sources right in my clients themselves and if I take really good care of them that that uh, the referrals will come through them and uh, by tracking that I've seen that grow year over year and that's been that's been phenomenal for me mm-hmm. it seems to me like that's a that's a great lesson to learn and and uh, but talking to other brokers as well that one of the best ways to grow your business is just be a better broker, be better at follow-up, be better at communicating, be better at, it's not rocket science. Like I've done, this is interview number 21. And so, but I've been kind of seeing the same theme. It's not rocket science. There's no secret magic bullet. It's just about, man, if you just stay in touch with people and like you said, babysit the file and and, and f- make sure that they know what's going on, they're going to refer you and they're going to tell their friends. And, and it's not like that you have to do anything magical. It's just do your job, right? Yeah. And I think as mortgage brokers, our value proposition to our clients is our level of service. So I think that when our clients get to deal with us it's and they feel like we're their own, that they are our only client that that really makes a difference when I have clients call me after closing and ask me for advice on things that aren't even mortgage related it's like oh I'm having troubles with this part of my business can you help me find somebody that will help me with this this and this because they trust me mm-hmm. and that's a trust that's built by being engaged through the process right and uh, and that leads to, to future business because the minute they hear anybody say anything mortgage they're like oh you got to talk to Sabina because she did this this and this and she was fantastic and you know it was, it's 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 a big one mm-hmm. no it's that's great advice and so sorry I'm gonna interrupt I know we, we talked about that wasn't the only failure I wanted to mention one more thing uh, and it's just a quick one um, hire slowly and fire fast right yes that's so good advice I would uh, one of the things I learned is hanging on to people that I thought could could do what I needed them to do when in fact it didn't I would hang on to them with the idea that it would work and it, it didn't and it was hard on the business and hard on me emotionally. Right. Okay. So let's just dive into that for a second. So when you have you have you had to fire people in the past then? Yes. And so how do you, what's your process? How do you do it? So to pretend I'm your employee just for a second. We'll role play. Oh my gosh, and have to go through this. Just give me just give me like <laughs> a, th- a thirty second tip just just so that somebody listening could maybe go okay yeah that's how it, so how would you let's say I'm uh, I'm your underwriter and I'm not performing as well as I should so what would you say to me you you know pretend. <laughs> Just, just for interest sake, let's see how this goes. It's just not working out the way I thought it would. That's what you'd tell me. I think so. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I honestly recapping those moments each for each individual. It was, it was a different way because it was catered to that individual. Right. And often, I mean, I haven't had. 
had anybody leave where it was a situation where it was it was there was a lot of animosity or anything like that. It was just like it it I think at the point that that I waited too long, and then at the point when I actually did, it's like, well, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know so, this isn't working. Uh, so you just tell me that it's yeah. Okay, good. That's good advice. I I, I kind of that was totally random, and it was not part of the the thing, and I just threw it out there. And, and uh, thank you for being a good sport about it. So. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about process. And I've noticed that talking to a successful brokers, you, they, they have a sales process, they have administrative processes, and then they also adjust them. You obviously the market changes and opportunities change. And so specifically, I want to talk about administrative process that, so can you tell me about an administrative process maybe in your business that wasn't working as well as you'd like and how you tweaked it and what kind of outcome you got? Sure. I've always had an assistant. Um, I've had a dedicated assistant who I always paid a salary and bonus to, and I've been responsible to provide space for technology, phone, training, all the costs that come with it, you know, coaching, training, uh, licensing, all that stuff. Um, Last year, I decided to go back to going without an assistant, which I don't really recommend. Um, And going... I went it alone for 12 months, and uh, on my volume, that was that was a challenge. Um, but it was also during this time period that I realized that I, that's when I realized that I was getting away from the contact from my client and losing that connection and relationship that I love so much. So even though I was super super busy because I had no help, I was having the best time because I was so engaged in my business and so engaged with my clients. So now with Ziva Mortgage, we have the underwriting pool, and that was the tweak. Was I have the help, but I meet with the client. Uh, and once the deal is live, the underwriters will research where to place the deal if it's necessary, submit the deal, collect the conditions, and then I meet with the client to close the mortgage and close, basically close the sale. And I'm the relationship person there. So, and then from from a financial perspective, I'm paying on a per deal basis. So in the slower months, I'm 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 not in a, in the red uh, because I'm paying that salary, trying to pay myself and all that stuff. And uh, this new system is really it's it's freed up a ton of time for me. The clients love it way more. I've been getting a ton. Of compliments from my clients on the system and uh, the, you know, the feedback has been great. Uh, I have the time to meet their needs and I have time to focus on my sales process too. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And then, so that, that's a great adjustment. Obviously, you've been able to outsource that entire part of your business on a a cost per file basis and not the, you know, adjust your overhead and it's flexible. And, and, um, so now what about on the sales process side? So this having more time to work on your sales process. So successful brokers always have a sales process. So can you share a a part of your sales process maybe that wasn't working or wasn't working as well as you'd like and what kind of change you made to it? Well, I hate to admit this in public. Um, I've kind of been more reactive than proactive. So in recent years with the changes in the business and the slowdown of the markets, I, I can't wait for the phone to ring anymore and I decided that just maintaining my volume wasn't enough. I don't want to become complacent in that I've achieved this level and it's enough. Um, I actually want to go back to that goal of wanting to to achieve more. So I, I a few years ago, I, I think maybe two years ago, I two or three years ago, I implemented a CRM um, and I get daily messages from that CRM advising of emails that were sent to clients that are pertinent that I could follow up with like annual reviews, uh, upcoming renewals. I start emailing my clients a year ahead of their renewal um, about that renewal and discussing possibility of connecting with them and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and starting to discuss what that's going to look like when I'm going to be in touch with them and talking to them long before we actually even do an application and I I'm blocking off time in the morning to contact this list of clients and try and basically source some business from it. So uh, when I was in my finance days working for Avco, we called it power hour where we would, you know, 
get on the phones and we wouldn't be doing business. We wouldn't be actually processing the applications. We would just be sourcing the business during that time period. So I'm basically not getting distracted with anything else than just picking up the phone and talking to people. And I find that doing that in the morning really gets me fired up for the day because I've had the chance to connect with people. I'm, you know, talking in a positive way to my clients and helping them. And it just feels it, it's, it's a great, it's a great way to connect with them. And it, it's a good way to get, get the launch on my day too. Email is an easy way to call, call, contact people, but phone is far more effective and, and uh, it creates the results. Emailing your clients does not create results. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that connection, and that, that one-on-one connection on the phone makes a, makes a huge difference and, and it establishes that relationship, gives you the opportunity to, to catch up a little bit, find out how they're doing and, and that kind of thing. And, and if there's no opportunity for you to do business, for me to do business with that client, then, you know, there's always a chance to say, well, if you know anybody that needs anything, you know, I'm, you know, I'm taking referrals, so feel free to, to, you know, let me know if you know anybody. And sometimes that's harder than it sounds, but um, yeah, it's hard to ask for the referral, but it, it works. I like how you worded that. You said I'm taking referrals. It's that's a it's a very uh, a, a interesting and a good use of words. So um, it's not like you're saying it's not doesn't sound desperate. I guess is what I'm saying. It sounds more like you, that you're you're kind of open for business and it's an it's a it's a polite reminder of you know that you're available to help. Yeah, sometimes I've had a client email me. A couple times I've had clients email me, and maybe it's only a couple times, but they've said, "Is it okay? I referred somebody to you. I hope you're not too busy." Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't want people to ever think I'm too busy for their referrals. So that's it's an important thing mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to put forth to my clients. Okay, so remember I told you you said something about being a cold calling queen when you started out with, uh, yeah. with the bank? So t- can so obviously you're using some of those skills still in your mortgage business. And so do you give maybe one or two practical pieces of advice for someone who is reluctant to pick up the call? Like, so I'll give you an example from my, so I've got clients, some of them maybe I haven't talked to in five years just because I didn't, my CRM wasn't as, you know, active as it, sh- it could have been. And so what, what do you, you know, how do you start that conversation when you phone them up and if you haven't spoke to them in a while, like what, what, what do you do? Hi, this is Sabina calling from Ziva Mortgage. Um, I'm looking at our file and I see we haven't talked to you for a bit and I just wanted to call and catch up and see how you're doing. And uh, I noticed that your mortgage is coming up for renewal and uh, I just wanted to help you figure out what was the best option for you as you go into this next step with your mortgage. That's that's so good. So if anybody listening, rewind that and write that down. That is like, I'm going to I'm gonna totally, every, every interview I try to take something away and learn, I'm totally going to take, I like your choice of words there and you just did it so naturally. You've obviously done it a lot um so that's thank you for that little <laughs> my tip. crm's only been in place for two years but i've been around for longer than that so but you've been you've been the, you're the cold calling queen yeah. So, okay, the other area that I've been seeing a lot of talk around is diversifying income. And there seems to be two camps. People say, some say that you should be diversifying. Some say you should just focus on brokering. I just want to get your take on, it. are you looking at diversifying your income? And if so, what area are you going to target? Yes, I'm diversifying my income. Um, the target, the area that I'm targeting right now is insurance. I do want to get into other things like GICs, investments, when they start to become available to brokers, like through CFF Bank and other institutions that are bringing that forward, but I haven't explored that as yet. With the mor- with the mortgage insurance, um, I always used to recommend in- mortgage insurance to my clients. Uh, pardon me, I-, I used to refer them to my insurance broker rather than to take the mortgage insurance. However, over the years, my experience was that they weren't contacting my insurance person or they were playing tag or 
or he would leave messages and they wouldn't get back to him. And the closing rate wasn't that great in terms of the referrals to my financial advisor. And I've had a lot of clients that have gone through some life-changing events where had they had mortgage insurance, they would have been better protected. So I've gone back to cross-selling with, uh, with MPP into my mortgages and my success with it has been surprising. And I'm upfront with my clients that extra insurance is important and they're still given contact information for a financial advisor and they can explore those options. Um, and they can also cancel this insurance if they if they get a better better policy. Uh, but what I'm noticing is that they don't follow through. Mm-hmm. And um, about a year ago, I was doing a private private financing for a client, and he balked at the cost of the insurance for himself on account of his age, and he decided to insure his wife and not himself, even though he was the primary income earner. And uh, I got to tell you, I regret not pushing it a little further because a few weeks ago he fell and hit his head, and after a week they took him off life support, and he left behind a wife, two young kids, and a large uninsured private mortgage. So wow. it's not just about cross-selling, it's also about protecting. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. So uh, another area that I like to talk about is you know, like balancing a balance and running your mortgage practice and family. So how do you, um, you know, you're obviously very busy. How do you balance that? You know, you've got two kids. How do you balance your business and your uh, work and your family? Well, before I came a mother, I thought, I would have to give up my career to become a mother and I often actually consider not having kids for that reason. And uh, I have to say that I'm grateful that I didn't make that decision. I didn't follow through with that because uh, my my daughters are the best thing that ever happened. And uh, But I have to say the balance is is extremely difficult, um, but it's, it's about making time. Being a working mother, I have to be efficient at completing things uh, in a reasonable time. I block off time for my kids as part of my work calendar and I don't compromise it. So every week my husband and I will review our schedules and um, he'll give me a couple late nights to work late, a couple of nights in the week where I can work late and he'll pick up the kids from school and then the rest of the week I cover their activities and and that kind of thing. And then on Sundays we take off, we have no activities socializing or any outside activities and it's strictly a family day. Mm -hmm. So if even if it means we're just chilling around the house or, you know, getting some stunts stuff done. Um, I try to get organized for the week during that day as well. Um, and we spend some time in the kitchen, focus on planning meals, teaching them how to cook and uh, teaching them how to cook different dishes and then, you know, squeezing in a few cuddles while we're doing it. So it's, it's become a real bonding thing for us in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's life is zipping by. My oldest is 11 and my youngest is eight. And I don't want to look up from my desk or my iPhone in a few years and find them gone and have no relationship with them. Kind of defeats the whole purpose of becoming a parent in the first place. So having that time for them is is very important to me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. And so now I'm going to switch to the rapid fire questions. So these you can answer with a little shorter answers if you like. And so what do you think is the Why number one? Long-winded? No, you're not long-winded, but I, what I, I tend to, I, I kind of, sw- I have two segments. I kind of do the longer answer ones and then shorter. And sometimes I may jump into something a little bit more. Kinda, I kind of watch the clock too, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm respectful okay. of your time. But so what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful, do you think? Procrastination. And Selling has to be part of my everyday process, but sometimes I procrastinate on picking up the phone in lieu of answering some emails and doing some other things. Selling gets me fired up for the rest of the day. Procrastination, it gets in my way. Right. That's actually could be a quote. That's really good. I may have to put that one in there. Right, what one thing or habit do you think has made you successful? Positive, easygoing attitude, authentic in my relationships with people, 
I always put my client's best interest before my own, and um, sometimes that means I don't get the deal, but I can sleep at night, and I think it's good karma for the mortgage gods, and it's what keeps the mortgage, the phone ringing. Mm-hmm. And and so, what do you have an internet resource software program that you use to make your business more successful? Um, I have the resources I use. Uh, I use my CRM. That's the thing that that I rely on on a regular basis. So um, we have broker based through Barico, and I balance that with GoMac. Uh, but one thing I use that I've just started is Office One Drive, which stores all my files in a virtual cloud, um, similar to iCloud or um, SkyDrive, and that's been really good because I can access my files from anywhere, and they're in a secure place. Right. Office One Drive. Yep, and they're backed up in Vancouver in two different locations. So it's not like Dropbox where my files are secured somewhere in the U.S. or anything like that. It's it's secured in BC. Right. Yeah, and actually, there's supposed to be some there's some rules against that too. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, it's it's basically the last book that I read, which was uh, which I loved. I loved it because I identified with what she was talking about. Because uh, in early in my career, I struggled with um, getting into management positions as a woman and uh, and that kind of thing. And I, I kind of spent my early twenties wishing I'd been born a man because I think I would have had more opportunities. But now, as uh, as I'm as I'm where I'm at, I realize that I couldn't be where I am without being a woman. So um, I think our industry is amazing and there's a lot of women in our industry that are stepping it up and I believe we have a lot to offer this industry. Um, a lot to offer this industry. Absolutely. That's great. And then where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Um, there's been a ton of changes over the last five years. Uh, there's less lenders, more brokers and the opportunity is market share. Um, I think if we spent more time, I don't know how to say it better, but just dialing for dollars, calling our clients connecting that we have the opportunity to take more of that market share away from the banks. They spend millions of dollars on advertising, but mortgage brokers who spend time connecting with their clients have have 30% of the market share. So there's no reason why we can't do that too if we stick to our sales processes and become true salespeople and leave the administrative work up to the administrators and, um, and, and focus on growth. Right. Well, you're preaching to the choir with me. So this is the last question. It's one of my favorites and it's called the DeLorean question. And so you remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. And so in the movie, there's the car and you could travel in time. And so if you could get in the DeLorean and of all the places you choose to go, you go back to your first day that you left the bank and became a mortgage broker and you could give yourself three pieces of advice that would make your business bigger today. What three things would you tell yourself to, to have a better business today? those 10 years ago? One, don't let anyone sell to your to my clients except for me. Um, the growth and referrals come from my relationships that I have, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but it does apply to my business. Two, stop feeling guilty. It's mother's instinct to feel guilty about the things I can't do that stay-at-home moms can do. Mm-hmm. However, I, I provide a good life for my kids, and um, I have a lot of women that have told me how lucky I am for the life that I have, and these are women that have abundant lives in terms of uh, staying home and uh, I have I have control I, I provide a great role model for my kids uh, to get out and be something someday and that they can have their cake and eat it too and then the third one is authentic connection with my clients uh, and my referral sources my biggest strength and my strongest ally and I should never let go of that uh, my strongest feeling of success comes from connecting with people and not with the numbers I have clients that are happy and it, when they're happy it's a huge reward for me and that's that's that's, that's that's probably the biggest one. Right. That's awesome. Well, I've really enjoyed this interview. And so, uh, were you guys hiring at all? Yes. 
You are hiring? Okay. And how, where can people find you online? Uh, me or Ziba? Both. Okay. SabinaBubber.com, S-A-B-E-E-N-A-B-U-B-B-E-R.com. Or you can find us at Ziva, X-E-V-A.ca. So, and you guys are hiring, you said yes, right? Yes, we are. Okay. So if you're listening to this, you can find links to uh, Zabina's website as well as to Xiva at ilovemortgagebrokering.com plus all of the resources that we talked about. Uh, Sabina, I have totally loved this interview. I have a friend who I swear you guys are like complete clones of each other. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to make sure I send him this interview. And so you got to listen to Sabina because she's you and her are like twins. And so it's been fantastic. Cold calling queen and then, you know, Croatian shopping and all of the other stuff that we talked about. <laughs> I, I think this has been a fantastic interview. I hope you absolutely rock the rest of your year, Sabina, and have an awesome day. Thank you. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.